Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus' homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take food of the children and throw it to, to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Last week in the living word of God, we witnessed St. Peter, right? St. Peter with an imitation from our Lord and through the living word of God down to this very moment in the today of our life, it was an invitation to you and me. One word, real simple, come. Last week was an invitation to come, a, a, an opportunity to step out in faith into the unknown in a way, Peter walking on water, with an experience of Christ. This week also we see the theme of faith resonate. I'd like to just stay with that word, faith. Now what, what we can be certain about in the gospel today, where our Lord went into Tyre and Sidon, which, were, which was pagan territory, so it's really kind of what happens in this gospel is really kind of like weird in a way what's going on to try to understand it in the sense that Jesus intentionally took his disciples and others who were following him into pagan territory. They didn't do that. So he took them into pagan territory, but what we can be certain about is this. Jesus knew the heart of the Canaanite woman. Jesus knew the faith within the heart of the Canaanite woman. A pagan, not a Jew, and actually looked down upon by the Jews, the chosen people. Now, I don't know if you remember in your own reading of the living word of God, but that's my hope for you and me and all of us this year. This, we break it open, not just on Sunday, but during the week. Break it open. Don't be afraid to open up the word of God. It's a window into the sacred heart of Jesus. It's a way to know Jesus. But you know in those accounts in the gospel where Jesus is walking with his disciples and his apostles, and they arrive to the home wherever they are going, and he turns to them and he says... What were you talking about along the way? Why do you have those thoughts 
in your hearts. You see, when Jesus, in what seemed to be very, very unkind and not nice, his response to the Canaanite woman, it seemed almost abrupt, like, wow, that came out of the mouth of our Lord? But Jesus also knew the hearts of those who were walking with him, the lost sheep of Israel who he's called to lead back. He knew their hearts as he knows your heart and my heart, your faith and my faith. So Jesus in that moment, he says, you don't take what belongs to the children, right? You don't take it and throw the scraps to the dogs. That was abrupt. But just maybe, just maybe, I'm making, a, I'm making an assumption, I'm making a jump. Maybe Jesus, knowing the hearts of those who were walking with him and surrounding themselves by him. You remember the other story in the gospel? When they're walking, the intimate apostles are walking with Jesus and they see other people talking about Jesus and leading people to Jesus, but they weren't of their group. What did they say? Lord, look at them. They're doing that stuff. And Jesus said, anybody who's with me is not against me, man. Don't let them do their thing. It's okay. So you see all this going on. And maybe, just maybe, Jesus knew the hearts of Peter, James, John, which he did, all his apostles, and what they were thinking, maybe very well, they were thinking what Jesus said. So how can we pull out of that the real kindness that Jesus was living? Because Jesus Christ, true God and true man, one with the Father, with the love of the Holy Spirit, his whole life was about pouring out and showing and demonstrating the fruits of the Holy Spirit, one of them being kindness. How was what he did, how was it kind? Jesus offered a tailor-made faith invitation to the Canaanite woman. It was tailor-made for her heart. Jesus knew her heart. So he came with a tailor-made faith invitation to her, like he did last week to Peter, come from that boat and walk on the water. That's nuts, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't get on the water and walk on the water. But if you look in the Gospels, you'll see Jesus throughout the Gospel, he, he invites people into a deeper faith life in him. You remember the story of the rich young man? Rich young man comes running up to Jesus, says, master, master, good teacher, good teacher. And he goes, why do you call me good? Only God is good. And he says, Master, what must I do to enter into eternal life? And Jesus says, follow the commandments. But then he wanted more. And he said, no, 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 but what else must I do to enter, to, to, to uh, grow in my goodness or whatever he said. I don't know exactly what he said, sorry. But Jesus said, oh, you want a little more? I got something for you. Go, sell all you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. Jesus tested his faith. 
the rich young man, and it said he went away sad. Doesn't mean he didn't come back later and say, all right, Lord, I, I wanna do it, or it doesn't mean that he didn't find joy in, 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 in one way, but he, his faith was tested because Jesus saw something in his heart. But he didn't test the faith of his close friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus in the same way. Nowhere in gospel, in the gospel, does he go stay at their home and said, hey, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, come around. Let's, you know, all right, we gotta stop playing video games here. No more cards, um, you know, no more Jenga. Did they play Jenga? I don't know if they played Jenga back then. Anyway, but they were doing something when they gathered. It was fellowship. They welcomed Jesus into their home, but Jesus, nowhere in scripture says, all right, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, sell your home. Meaning, you sell your home, get rid of all this, and come follow me if you're really gonna be my disciples. Never. Never. He let them use the thing that they had to welcome him and to give glory and to invite others in. How about Zacchaeus in the tree? Short in stature, tax collector, working his Excel spreadsheets off his iPad, if you can do that, laptop, whatever. He was ripping everybody off. Supposedly, people were judging his heart, but Jesus knew his heart, knew his faith, was walking in the town and said, Zacchaeus, come on down. Today I'm gonna to stay in your house. To the clamorings of the crowd saying, what are you doing eating with tax collectors and sinners? Now do we see it with the Canaanite woman? Jesus meets us where we are. He knows our hearts, each one of us, and he's, he's gonna test our faith but he's gonna test it according to our heart in a way to lead us in his ways. So let's talk briefly about faith. Do you have a definition of faith? My favorite definition of faith you find in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2609. Faith is a filial. Filial means son-like or daughter-like because we're called to be children. Filial, adherence, holding on. Like the Canaanite woman. I mean, she went in that crowd and she's just like, I know you can do this. It's for my daughter. I, I don't care what the crowd says. I'm holding on to you. Despite this embarrassment or whatever, what an extraordinary, heroic, tremendous humility she had. Son-like or daughter-like adherence. I'm not gonna let go till you give me what I want. And Jesus always gives us what, I want, what, we, what we need, what we need, and what others need. Son-like, daughter-like, adherence to God beyond what we feel or understand, beyond what we feel or understand. Okay, so faith, my brothers and sisters in Christ, somebody once said, faith not tested is no faith at all. Faith is a gift. God gives it to us in our baptism, but we need to exercise that faith and put it into action. Faith not tested is no faith at all. You're not using it. It's like, well, I got the best car in the world. Father, my car's awesome. Sitting in my garage. Come over and look at it. Great. Okay, you drive it? Nope. But it's here. It's shiny. See that? I armor all it every week. I shine it. Do you drive it? No, don't use it, but it's, it's great. It's in the garage, but you meant to go out with it. 
Get that garage up and drive it to wherever you go. Work, school, all that stuff. Our faith, right? To be driven by the Holy Spirit with our faith. But if we're gonna do that, my brothers and sisters in Christ, if we're gonna live as followers of Jesus Christ to the best of our ability with the help of his grace, our faith will be tested. Now, one of the ways, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I like to see faith tested because it doesn't need to be bad. It can be something good. When you're in a very good moment, like things are calm, your heart is calm. Father, life is good right now for me. It's great. Awesome. Your faith's still gonna be tested. Every week I get to do the marriage prep. We have about 75 young couples preparing for matrimony in this parish and another 20 inquiring, about 95. That's a lot for a year. That's awesome though. And they come and I get to meet with them about eight a week or so, six to eight a week. And we meet in the evening. So I start off the meeting with a prayer, a spontaneous prayer. And then after meeting with them at the end, it's always a joy to look at the couple and say, okay, who's gonna close this in prayer? And they're always like, uh, you? Uh, you sometimes one points to the other and one takes the lead. It, it, you know, it's, it's just beautiful to see. This past week I had one and the young man busted out in this beautiful prayer. I think he grew up Presbyterian, which was awesome. So he kind of he learned that spontaneous praying from the heart and he brought it with all that love and he's there and he's just like, the eyes closed and my eyes were closed, so I'm not really, but he's like into it. And, we're into it. and then when he finished his prayer, it was so beautiful. Looked over at both of them and his fiance was like, she was wiping the tears from her eyes. She was so moved and I said, man, did you see that? That's awesome. To step out in faith, to put your faith in action, to, to voice what's in your heart, what Jesus has given you in your heart, and to shower down love on your, on your future spouse, and vice versa. Things are good for you, you're excited, but I invite you during this time of preparation to pray vocally every night. That may be a, a way for you. Your faith this coming week, I don't know, Here's the reality, I do not know your hearts, not even those of you who I know the best. I don't know your hearts. If we're honest, even your spouse or your closest friend or your best friend in school, nobody really fully knows your heart completely. Sure, spouses, there's a great union of hearts, but God knows our hearts. So I don't know your heart, but our Lord knows your heart and he knows my heart. I don't know where your faith is right now. A question for you and me this week is, how is my faith, Lord? And talk to the Holy Spirit on that. I don't know where your faith is. We could have someone here that's stepping in to the Catholic Church for the first time ever. Never been in a Catholic Church, never been in organized religion. Some way, God put it on their heart to step into this church to check things out, to see if Christians really are Christians and wanna say hello and smile. There's people who do that. And it's their faith could be really great and our Lord could be seeing them like the widow in the temple, the widow's might. Everybody was looking at all the doormen of the church, all distracted in this, and there was that, that widow with great faith who just gave her whole livelihood. The livelihood Jesus wants is the livelihood of a heart. So I don't know your hearts. I don't know your faith. But maybe, just maybe for you, your invitation in this moment of calm in your life, if it's there, is to pray with your children spontaneously before they go to bed. To let them hear what's in your heart. You love them. Or to pray with your spouse. 
Or maybe you're starting your senior year of high school and the invitation on your heart is as a senior where everything's rolling great, you're gonna look for a freshman or sophomore or someone who's alone in the lunchroom and make someone feel welcome. You're gonna step out from your group of friends and make someone feel welcome. You're gonna give an example. Maybe at work, everything's going great at work. You're getting so much light shined on you at work that everything's great and you're gonna shine some light on someone else this week. You're gonna praise someone else this week. You're gonna deflect a little of that on someone else this week. If you're gonna be a follower of Jesus Christ, all of us, your faith will be tested and the Holy Spirit will move you even when the seas are calm in your heart. Maybe for you right now, and by the way, this is gonna be a 45-minute homily. They said in the back, why don't you do 45 minutes? I said, I love it. I'm from the South. I'll just keep going. I'm not gonna do that to y'all. People won't come back. Maybe. Maybe for you, though, your heart right now, there's a raging storm Maybe there's a storm going on in your heart right now because you got some news that is breaking your heart and you have a family member that's in the hospital. You may have gotten some news. Somebody is hurting your family. You're suffering and you're like, I do not see Jesus. I know he's in front of me, but I don't see him. And I feel like Peter stepping out on those waves. I feel like the Canaanite woman who doesn't belong and I'm just reaching for something in my life. Oh, great. It's your faith. Maybe you've recently lost your job. Maybe you lost your job and you're talking to your spouse at night, you're praying fervently, you're trying, to do, you're trying to do what you can with your children to provide, find ways and do all that stuff, and right now your heart is just like, ah, you're, you're, you're walking by faith, not by sight, right? And our Lord sees you and he knows you and he says, oh, great is your faith, you're here. You're here when the feelings and the understanding and the sentiments aren't here. You're here. Maybe you're a senior whose spouse has gone on to the next life and every day you wake up and your feet hit the ground and you miss them so very much. And you feel like you're walking alone and you come to this church hoping that somebody says hi to you, someone who welcomes you, you got a group of friends. Because maybe your family is not there. Jesus sees you. Oh, great is your faith. I don't know your hearts. I don't know how you're gonna be tested this week in faith. But I know you're here. And your faith has brought you here. And our Lord, in one way, shape, or form, will invite us, will test us in our faith. Not just for ourselves, but for the good of others as he did with the Canaanite woman and those who are following him. Oh, woman, great is your faith.